Money FM 89.3, the best of prime time. In the spotlight on Money FM 89.3. Thanks for joining us on Primetime. Bharati Jagdish, Timothy Goh and Chua Tian with you. Now, Singapore has been recognized for years as one of the world's top smart cities. In the inaugural Digital Cities Index 2022 of 30 global cities produced by Economist Impact and supported by NEC, Singapore and Copenhagen were the most connected cities, followed by Zurich, Beijing and Sydney. Singapore's strategy for developing digital connectivity is built on the premise that AI, 5G, and cybersecurity will drive Singapore's growth and innovation post-COVID. Smart cities are anticipated to drive economic growth. 5G alone will enable an estimated $660 billion in global mobility and transportation market by 2035. And in the government's unrelenting quest to become a digital innovation hub, in this year's budget announcements, the strengthening of Singapore's digital capabilities was announced as a first priority. A $200 million investment plan was also announced to help businesses adopt cutting-edge tech and prepare for the world of tomorrow. To give us more insights, Mark Tam joins us. He's Managing Director, Health and Public Service, Southeast Asia at Accenture Singapore. Hi, Mark. Thanks for joining us today. Very good evening, both. Thank you for having me. So, Mark, smart cities, of course, seek to improve people's lives. We're talking about in areas such as policy efficiency, in terms of waste reduction, other everyday problems, also in terms of improving social and economic quality, maximizing social inclusion. One of the downsides some experts have pointed out is, in fact, social discrimination. Can you explain all of this for us? What does the terrain look like? Well, the vision of uh, an inclusive smart city of the future really hinges on making a city's public services accessible to everyone, regardless of one's social background or status. Now, in Singapore, Smart Nation is really driving our way forward where technology is seamlessly integrated in transforming the way we work, live and play. So our government digital services are designing inclusive digital services for everyone across all segments of the population. Now, as we digitalize and enjoy the benefits of tech, there is presence of digital divide where seniors struggle to navigate in the digital world. Now, especially over the last two years since the COVID-19 pandemic struck, the pace of digitalization in Singapore has accelerated tremendously. The digital divide presents a challenge for policymakers in their pursuit of an inclusive city of the future. To ensure that no one gets left behind, it's important for public services and the private sector to work together to ensure adoption and accessibility of technology across the different segments of the population. And to date, we have a few initiatives in Singapore launched to bridge this digital divide and promote inclusion, such as the Seniors Go Digital Program, the Hawkers Go Digital Program, where we assist the hawkers comprising mainly of the elderly and the less digitally savvy in making the digital leap to adopt mm-hmm. e-payment platforms and establish online presence for their staff. So definitely, we are making progress in terms of social inclusion. So how else has the pandemic changed the priorities uh, for smart city planning? I'm sure all these digitized payments were actually jump-started and made even faster because of the pandemic. But how else? What else can we expect? Well, I mean, apart from what we have done over the last two years, if we were to look at smart cities, It needs to start with people. And we've just talked about the need for inclusion earlier. Next, uh, it's important to then switch gears to really look at sustainability and addressing environmental challenges in the region and globally, 
where cities need to improve the ability to adapt to potential dangers in the future. So what I see in the years ahead are really bold implementation plans that we need to deliver more sophisticated private services and greener infrastructure and bring the people along as we look at some of this potential modern technology breakthroughs that's coming of age today. Mark, you mentioned sustainability, and all of this just made me think, we're going to need a lot of data centres, aren't we, as a smart city? And there has been a lot of discussion about having more efficient and energy efficient and sustainable data centers, especially here in Singapore. Where are we in that regard? Because you want to be a smart city, but you also want to be environmentally friendly and you don't want the powering of that smart city to be detrimental in any way, right? Absolutely. Now, if you were to look at in this pursuit for sustainability, and if you were to just look at, you talked about data centers, which many data center providers in Singapore are already reporting ESG data and talking about how they are really reporting net carbon zero neutral. And if you were to extend this to even looking at property owners and operators in developing smarter, greener buildings and facilities management, many lessons are learned, right, that can be introduced across the whole public sector. And it creates that circular economy where good practices developed by one sector can be reused in another. So if you think about data centers, it's really about the facilities management and how you can actually use data. You talked about data for us to be able to track utility utilization and how actually we can actually use the data to help us to better improve our utilization as a result. And that leads to sustainability. Okay, let's talk about the emerging technologies, Web 3.0, Metaverse, all of these. Uh, how are they disrupting uh, the way we think about approaching city planning? So the digital evolution is really now taking place on two fronts, the way I see it. Mm-hmm. One is the Metaverse as a replatforming of digital experiences. And Web 3 is really about reinventing how data moves through the system. So as the real world, digital world, metaverse and Web3 all melt together in the future, public services, we need to anticipate the kind of mixed reality experiences that citizens want and reimagine how we work, play and socialize and rethink their public policy models to make a positive, inclusive impact. So metaverse and Web3 will open up a new world of possibilities, not limited by geography or physical restrictions. And this development spelled new possibilities for inclusiveness and citizen participation. So if you think about it as an example, seniors or people with disabilities can participate in community events or even travel without being physically present, while overseas Singaporeans can retain their connectedness and cultivate national identity with Singapore through virtual events. And such immersive experiences can also provide city planners with the opportunity to visualize multiple potential scenarios, test the consequences, implications, and work together to build the best possible outcome. Speaking today with Mark Tam, Managing Director, Health and Public Service, Southeast Asia at Accenture, Singapore. Now, here's the thing, Mark. We talked earlier about inclusion, but what about protection? I mean, with Web3 and the metaverse and so on, There are a lot of concerns about data protection, about consumer rights. Don't we need a proper legal framework for this sort of thing before we get so excited about the developments in the arena? Absolutely. What you have just touched on is really about trust. It's also about safeguarding public data for that matter. And trust is crucial to establish a balance between security and convenience. 
It talks about the legal framework. I think in Singapore, much has been done over the past few years in terms of safeguarding public data. For example, the establishment of the Data Privacy Protection Capability Centre, right, to depend the government's capabilities and expertise in data privacy protection technologies. There's also been amendments to the PDPA to cover agents of government and non-public officers for mishandling of personal data. There's also developing data loss protection services to prevent loss of sensitive data. And also implementing technologies such as privileged identity management solutions in the government commercial cloud to ensure access by privileged users will be secured and monitored to prevent any unauthorized use. Now, ultimately, consumers will still need to stay vigilant and be alert to avoid online fraud such as you know, setting strong passwords, watching out for phishing scams, keeping personal information personal, and use trusted internet connections. So it's a combination of legal framework alongside consumer behaviours. The thing is, in spite of all of this, there were still many concerns among members of the public when, for example, something like Trace Together was rolled out. So how would you reassure people in Singapore, whoever's even visiting this country, that, you know, you can trust the system here? Much has been talked about Trace Together and what is its intended usage, right? And I think it's important for us to really understand when we actually use digital services, the purpose that we are using for, and therefore trust is established as we drive our consumer behaviors in interacting, be it an app or that functionality. And once we understand it, we also learn how to protect our own data. Brands and companies have to be careful as well, don't they? I mean, of course, people are so used to marketing to consumers with cookies and so on. Soon we will be living in a cookie-less world, but with Web 3.0, who knows how far marketers might go in terms of getting consumer data and using it as well. Now, while uh, experts say that with Web 3, consumers will have more control over their movements and how they are tracked, I just wonder whether you have a thought on what else might need to be done in order to ensure consumer rights are protected and there is a sufficient amount of protection out there? This is an interesting question. I will kind of draw the correlation to a term that we use called digital experiences, which is really about seamless merger of the physical and digital world. Mm. Right? And that is the new phase of users and consumers where they can experience the physical and digital worlds simultaneously. Now, in the retail space, we are already seeing digital solutions ranging for cashless shopping to augmented reality to location-based push notifications, and all this with the common goal of enhancing the customer experiences. Now, we anticipate more of such digital solutions in other industries. And back to the topic of smart city areas, infrastructure, city planning, as well as maintenance leveraging digital twins. This will all undoubtedly provide an opportunity for cities and industries to reimagine urban spaces and how services can be delivered. And this redefines how we live, work and play. And hence, there will be an increased proliferation of cybersecurity incidences that may exploit digital vulnerabilities. So collaboration is going to be essential to ensure that citizens are as protected as possible. And this 
means that working across the public and private sectors, as well as citizens themselves, to create the robust defenses that are needed to minimize such incidences. And I guess, Mark, uh, citizens as well will still have to do their part in exactly. uh, protecting themselves and the cities they live in. Thank you very much, Mark, for sharing with us uh, all these uh, insights. Uh, Mark Tom, Managing Director, Health and Public Service at Accenture Singapore. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.